How many have ever opened up the Bible and you saw a symbol uh, described in the Bible, a word picture? How many have ever seen a word picture? And you see, it says, and a, a man goes into a field and, and he finds a treasure. You know, that's Jesus talking about, a, that's a word picture, right? And you picture a guy walking out in the field and, and he finds a treasure. And all of us kind of in our mind know what a treasure box looks like, right? And so in our mind, we think treasure box. So if I said giant purple elephant with white spots, what just happened? Did you just see a giant purple elephant with white spots pop up in your head? Now, many of us do that. Some of us, are, some of us are trying to figure out why I said purple giant elephant white spots. Then the rest of us maybe pictured a giant purple elephant with white spots because that's a word picture, right? Now, Jesus did this in scripture. Jesus pictured things in story form. And it does that, he does that oftentimes to help us visualize the reality of a certain truth. Yes? A certain truth that means something or should mean something to all of us. Now, if you have your pen and pad ready, or maybe the back of something where you want to write, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about God's empowering presence. Now this is huge. This is important. And it's clear that when it comes to God, he uses symbols. Yes. It's something that while it's invisible in the room, you don't may not see it in your mind, you see it. And so let me ask you this question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Now that's a, that's a big question, right? Because most of us would answer this a little bit differently. If you were to go across the room and I was to say, who is the Holy Spirit? Some of us would say comforter. In fact, let me do that real quick. How many of you, uh, you have a word, just one word for the Holy Spirit? Let me do that real quick right now in the room. I'm going to do a little interaction. If I was to say, who is the Holy Spirit? In one word, begin to give me some of the scripture. Raise your hand real quick out so I can call on you. Real quick, real quick. Some of you, some, give me a word, somebody. Powerful. powerful. The Holy Spirit is powerful. Counselor. Counselor. Anybody else? Guide anybody else? Joy. Joy, I love it. Yes, he is God. Very good. Anybody else? Some of you are like, uh, I don't know. I want to get it wrong. But yeah, the presence of God. That's a great one. But but there's not one answer, right? That me. Because honestly, let me be honest with you this morning. I can't speak on the Holy Spirit and give you an exhaustive who is the Holy Spirit in one sermon, right? I don't have enough weeks in a year to do that, right? But for, for all intents and purposes this morning, I gave you one here, one kind of a, a single definition that we're going to work with this morning. Can I do that? One definition that we will work with. Because there are multiple. Every single one of you that lifted your hand, thank you for your participation. And you were all right. But there's one that I, I, I wanted to kind of introduce to you this morning. And here it is. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, let's go back one real quick. Let's go back one. He's God's Spirit whom helps us to know where God is and God's will. So he wants us to know God. And he wants us to know God's will. Right? So, 
let me go on for the next. Let's go back to that slide again, the one that you just transferred over. The Spirit's main job is to glorify Christ and to help us see Christ more, obey better, and love Him more deeply. Is that fair? It's the Spirit of God that allows us to know God deeply. And it is very important that if you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a Christ follower, if you call yourself a Christian, that we want to know God more. We want to obey Him better. How many would agree with me uh, that you, would, you can obey God better? Yes. How many would agree with that? Say, I can do better. I can do better. If you don't raise your hand, then man, I'd love to talk to you after service. I want to know the secret sauce. I do. Because every single day I want to know him better. But in no way can I exhaustively explain the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to cover all of the Holy Spirit. I don't have the time. But I do want to talk about how the Holy Spirit is able to draw us closer to know God in the way that is distinct. Now how the Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father and the Son. Distinct. God in three persons. Let's not discredit who the Holy Spirit is. And I want to just kind of bring to the surface the way that the Holy Spirit may work in our lives. His presence can be gentle, but also unbound by body or place. Right? So you're like, oh, the Holy Spirit is here in Pakistan, moving among these people. But guess what? He is also in Argentina. The Spirit of God is also at the same time he is in Germany. As well as Indianapolis, Indiana. He is also in Milton, Pennsylvania. He is also in Lewisburg. He is in the Susquehanna Valley. But that doesn't change the fact that he is also in India. He's not bound by time or space. He is everywhere at the same time. Let that blow your mind. He is God. Uncreated. Creator. From before any beginning of beginnings, he was there. In fact, in Genesis, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters during creation. Why? Because the Spirit has always been. He remains hidden in some people's eyes and visible in others. You ever sense an inkling? Some of you are like, I got the chills when he said that. Well, either that's the Holy Spirit or the air conditioning is up way too high. But he's not bound by our reactions, right? He's not bound by just because he's, he or she is crying and this person's not doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not with that person that's not. Are you with me? So st let's stop being superficial and somehow that whatever is happening externally is the only way to describe what God is doing internally. Because there are times I sat where you sat and there are preachers standing where I stand and I sense the Spirit of God speaking to me. And I didn't have an outward reaction because he was working in me. You ever had that happen with you? Yeah? You ever had that happen where the Spirit of God is speaking to you and you're like, I can't move right now. I just, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's what I want for you. I don't want you to just feel like you have to act a certain way. I don't want that for you. I want the Spirit of God to speak to you the way he speaks to you. For some people, he speaks in word pictures. For others, he uses a, a story. For others, he uses a picture. Other people, he speaks to them in dreams. 
For other people, he speaks to them in songs and, and the song comes out from them and all of a sudden they sing a song and something is amazing. You ever heard someone sing? I, 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 listen, I'm, I don't want to... I want to shout her out too much, but I love watching my wife worship. I love this. You have no idea how much this woman loves Jesus. And I, I sometimes stand back and go, thank you, God, for blessing me. I didn't pray hard enough for this. So I know that your grace is with me, that you gave me, and I married up. Come on, come on somebody. I married up, like, up. Not just like, yeah, I can't love it. No, no, up. I married up. And I, and I realized that in my life, I need to continue to continue. Come on, somebody tap your neighbor right now. Tell them you need to continue to continue. Come on, do it right, real quick right now. You need to continue. If you don't, high five yourself and say, I need to continue. Some of you are by yourself a lot. Like some of you are like, some of you slapped your neighbor. I don't know. You worked that out. I want to talk to you in a few verses here. Mark chapters. 1 verse 7. Turn there with me if you would. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, tap or turn to Mark chapter 1 verses 7 through 11. For those of you that have your Bibles, turn there. For those of you that do not, I encourage you to bring it next time we use it. Mark chapter 1 is up on the screen for you. Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak. Here we are. Mark chapter 1, verses 7 through 11. And he was preaching, saying, who is he here? Who is here here? Who? John. John. John was preaching. And he said, after me comes one, or one who is coming is mightier than I. And I am not fit to bend down and untie the straps of his sandals, I baptize you with water. This is John speaking. Baptist was uh, because he baptized, not because this is the denominational thing, by the way. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opening. Come on, somebody. That's a good baptism service right there. Can you imagine? We're sitting in here. We got our tank out. We baptize somebody, and the, and the, 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 the whole roof cracks open, and there's a little dove. Sits on the pulpit. That would be pretty amazing. Plus, we got to get a new roof. But, but in this situation, right, in those days, all of a sudden, Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And, and a dove descended, verse 10, upon him. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son and in you I am well pleased. Now listen to me. Did you notice <laughs> that the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit, the word that was spoken from heaven was not for the people? Read it again. And a voice came from the heavens. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. The father was talking to the son. Not the people, not even John. The father was talking to the son. It's another verse that continues to point to the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, distinct persons in the Godhead. Now listen, 
Why would the father speak to the son? Why would the father speak to the son? At that moment, God knew, God the father knew that the son needed to know that the spirit of God was with him in this mission that he's on. Some of you need to know that the Holy Spirit is with you in the mission that you're on. Regardless of what your title is. Come on, somebody. John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy of tying his Nike sandals. I'm not sure he had Nike. But I'm not worthy of tying his sandals. And at that moment, look at me. At that moment, Jesus, the Son of God, was encouraged. And I'm here to encourage you this morning with a few symbols of the Holy Spirit and how that same father that spoke to Jesus wants to speak to you through the Holy Spirit in your life every day. How many know we need the Holy Spirit to work out some kinks? Anybody got kinks in your life? Some of you are like, mine are more like conks. Like, there's a difference, right? You got a kink or you got a conk. You know what I mean? Like, some of you are like, I got several conks. But the Spirit's main job, again, we'll go back one slide. The Spirit's main job is to what? Glorify Christ to help us see Christ more. Amen? So let me show you a few things that the Scripture points to. We'll we'll jump around a few verses, uh, even though this text here is what we're talking about here in Mark. Let me show you a few things in Scripture. Number one, the Holy Spirit comes like rain. Refreshing us where there's dry and barren lands in our hearts. There are times we need refreshing, amen? Some of you that have not said amen, y'all need to say amen once in a while because we all been dry. Right? Even if right now you're not dry, even if right now you're like, I'm in a good place with Jesus. That's great. There'll come a day when you're not. If you're doing this whole Christian thing right, there'll be days you're not okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. I'm going to say that again. Some of y'all, that preach right there. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Good job, Pastor Tony. Awesome. Okay, 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 okay. No, I don't need your pity. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do. I do. But in all seriousness, we need that rain. Amen? Wash over us. Man, when we're dry, I don't understand. Listen, can I be honest with you and transparent? There's times, man, I have, I'm, I'm sitting in my office and I'm going, God, I don't know how I'm going to process this week. I don't know what to do. I feel so insignificant. I feel, can I be honest with you? There's those moments that I feel that way. But you're the pastor. So what? I don't go to God with a title. Father, it is me, thou son, Reverend Tony Cruz. Like, God's like, wait, what? I know who you are. What's your question? (laughs) I created you. We all come to him as humble servants. I don't deserve him to even listen to me. I love it. We were at men's breakfast yesterday, and John, man, thank you for sharing yesterday, brother. I appreciate it. John was sharing with us, and he asked one question. He said, if Jesus was sitting right next to you, and you could ask him one question, if you asked him, or if he asked you one question, here it is, 
why should I hear your prayer? What would you say? And it really, I sat there and I'm going, wow. I mean, I know the right answer. I know the, the correct biblical answer because you made me worthy to talk to you. You made me worthy. Not because I am worthy, because the truth is, if we're all being honest, I don't have a reason for you to listen to me, God. Anybody with me? I haven't done anything to earn you loving me the way you love me, listening to the way you listen to me, and caring about me and washing my sins. I don't have anything in and of myself that's good enough to earn you listening to me. But when I stand in his presence and he washes over me with his rain, the pouring out, that's, that rain is important. And Peter spoke about pouring out in Acts chapter 2 where he said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Come on, somebody. How many believe this generation should be prophesying? By the way, we have youth on Wednesday nights. Bring your kids. 6.30. Let God minister to them. We're not babysitting kids. We're teaching. We're discipling kids. We're discipling students age, uh, from, group, from uh, grade 6 to 12. We're discipling students. We're showing them the gospel. Sons and daughters will prophesy. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen when you decide to train your child. We have them for, what, 90 minutes, maybe on Wednesday, 90 minutes, maybe on a Sunday. What are you doing with the other 150-some-odd hours in the week, whatever's left over? What are you doing with them? Because you're the true discipler. Parents, you're the true discipler. But we want sons and daughters to prophesy. So Pastor Corey, Pastor this, Pastor, teach my kid how to prophesy. Are you prophesying in your home? Are you speaking and praying over your kids? Are you showing them the example? Because most things are caught, not taught. Oh, that'll preach right there. Most things that we learn are caught, not taught. So are you showing them? Well, that's another sermon. The latter rain. That's what this is talking about. I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. That's the latter rain. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I divide my life up by whether I'm getting dreams or visions, whether I'm old or not. Anybody else see that in the verse? Your young men will see visions. I'm hoping that I continue to see visions for a long time. The moment I see dreams, I dream dreams. I'm like, Lord, I have reached that age, but I'm praying for more visions. How about it, Todd? Yeah. Anybody? Jason, Rob, we're praying visions, visions, Lord. The Holy Spirit also, number two, comes as a river. Come on, somebody. A river. Not a trinkle. Not a little trinkle. A river. A river. Rivers are channels and conduits to places that refreshing water is needed. John 7, 37 to 39 says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Come on, somebody. And one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the, his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I want God to flow through me, not just to me. I want, I want to be a river that God uses. The Lord wants you to become an overflowing example of his spirit's faithfulness. You know the Holy Spirit? He wants to work through you. And he does that like a river. River channels from one place to another. 
River moves, look at me, river moves things from one to the other because of the flow of that river, the power of that river. God uses us to be refreshing to one another. Amen? I'm moving through these. Are you ready? Number three, the Holy Spirit comes as a wind. The Spirit comes as a wind. He depicts his power and his guidance. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 8, look at this. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But do you not know where it is coming from and where it is going? So it is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. You know what he wants to do? He wants to allow the wind of God to come from your life and blow over all the plans of the enemy. He wants you to be a refreshing to somebody. How many know that sometimes if you're, if you're sitting uh, in, in something hot and a little breeze comes through it's like whoa yeah you're like wow that I, I needed that breeze you know what there are times in your life the holy spirit just does one of those breeze over your life moments we need the holy spirit to cover over us once in a while and this this times he drops uh, little nuggets of revelation into your life and he flows through and he drops those things in your life this is a little different than an overflow Right? Sometimes he comes as a wind, quiet, unseen, but felt. Amen. That's what wind is, isn't it? We could turn these fans on and there'd be wind in the room and, and you could feel it. You don't see it. You could feel it. You could sense it. And it, it'll come in waves, right? Depending on where you're standing. And just, just like that, the Christian walk is just like that. The, the, the spirit comes as a wind depending where you are, your location. If you're at his feet, God will tend to do something powerful there. Can I encourage you to be at his feet today? Let the Holy Spirit, his presence work in you. And the Holy Spirit is all about showing and revealing the will of the Father. How many are with me so far? I'm only three in. I got 26 more. Are you ready? (laughs) Some of you are like, I thought he said it wasn't exhaustive. When he whispers to you, do you hear him? If he whispers to you and you don't hear him, you're not close enough. Because even the scripture talked about how he wasn't in the hurricane or the earthquake. He was in that what? Still, small voice. And that's, that's needed sometimes. Amen. Fourth thing, very quickly here. The fourth thing, the Holy Spirit comes as oil. Anointing oil, whatever oil, he comes as oil. Watch this, the anointing. Oil of scripture is directly related to the Spirit's work in our life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Here's right from the scripture. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God. Who also sealed us and gave us the what? Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Let me read that again. Now, he who establishes us, who establishes us? God. Who establishes us? God, right? Okay, just just walk with me for a moment. And anointed us is God. Okay, good. So, at that point, it says, who also sealed us and gave us what? The spirit in our hearts as a what? What is a pledge? A promise. He gave his spirit as a promise in our hearts. Why? To glorify and lift us up when we get those discouraging moments. 
when we get those moments where you get a bad, bad report from the doctor or someone says something bad about you, let me get your attention for a moment. Don't, 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 don't look anywhere else but right here for a moment. I need you to hear this. The Holy Spirit's anointing makes us sensitive to what God is doing. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what the Father is doing, so he prepares us, prepares the room, so that we can now operate according to the scriptures for what we need to do right now. How many are grateful for the Holy Spirit setting the table for us? One of my joys is when I come into the house and the table's set and they're like, dinner's ready, let's just go. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. The table's set, good to go. All I need to do is sit down and take in whatever it is is there. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? Guess what? This morning, the table has been set so the Holy Spirit can give you everything you need. Just come to him. Let God's presence come to you. But allow him to woo you so you can come to him too. Because he's pledged his Holy Spirit to you. That's what that scripture says, right? I mean, am I reading it right? He gave us a spirit in our hearts as a pledge. In other words, I promise you, I got you. I got this thing for you. So the primary offices in scripture that that revolves that anointing as oil are three different offices. Here's what they are. So there's three different offices found in scripture. And it's prophets, priests, and kings. And you see how God operates in those offices, right? The prophets, we are to speak the word of God. And so God uses us. How many know that God still uses the prophets today? This is not, oh, this is the Old Testament. God still has prophetic words and prophets for this day. And if you don't believe that, open up the scriptures and realize that there are things he did not crush. And the prophets and the prophecies are not one of them. He is using them today. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit operates in comfort, exhortation, and counsel for others. Prophets. Priests, the Lord wants us to anoint wants to anoint us so that in our worship, it doesn't become stale. We become holy. What are priests? Priests are representatives of God to a particular body. How many know that doesn't just, that doesn't just mean me? Right? Men, you are priests in your household. You are priests in your household. Lead your household the way God has called you to. And he's given you the anointing to do that. Third thing, kings. It takes fresh anointing from the Spirit of God for the authority of life to happen through us so we can move in confidence and ruling. Now listen, that means leadership. That also means the, the people that are in, in power and in place around us. We may not always agree with everything, but God is not afraid of any king on this planet earth. Are you with me? God is not, look at me. Everyone hear me. Those of you online, those of you in the room, look at me. God is not afraid of any king, any president, anybody at all. He's not afraid. He's not trembling at all. What we need to do as the people of God is pray. God, work on my heart so I can make sure that my assignment and my box is checked. That I am doing exactly what you called me to do because you set up kings and you also tear them down. 
The Lord wants to anoint us with a fresh anointing today. And I'll leave it there. Number five, the Holy Spirit comes as a wine. We're not disallowed from enjoying a number of things in this life, but you can find out where we are in this Jesus life by how much we use the stimulants of this world. There are things that God has called us to enjoy, but there are things that get us more than we get it. There are things that consume us more than we consume. And so Ephesians 5 tells us simply this, do not get drunk with wine in which there's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I'm not going to go into the legalistic terms of this. I'm going to tell you, be filled with the Spirit. That should be your primary number one objective. And if any pleasure, whether it's drinking, whether it's music, whether it's people, whether it's relationships, look at me, whether it's job, money, or anything else, the pleasures of this world are not canceled because you're a believer. But you know what is canceled? The fact that those things should be your idols. Be very careful what you enjoy in this world. Because if it takes precedence over God, that too can be an idol. There's about 21 inches from the ground where you're sitting to, this, to the place where I stand. And those 21 inches make a very big difference on how powerful the, the words are spoken into people's life. And I realize that. So I have to be very careful what I say 21 inches above. Because I realize that in my life, I'm responsible for every word I say. How many know that everyone in this room and everyone online, we're all responsible for what we say if we call ourselves a believer? Yeah? We have to understand that. And so the pleasures of this world, how important are they? How important are they to you? But the Holy Spirit comes as wine. What is that? That pleasurable thing. God wants to be pleased by you, but he also wants you to be pleased by him. Amen? In the Gospels, Jesus described the new work of God conveyed by the Spirit as new wine. He wants the new wine, watch this, in new wineskins. He's not afraid about talking about wine and wineskins. In fact, he used us as an illustration. He says, your body, your life, everyone look at me. Everyone in this room and everyone listening to me right now, your life is a wineskin. He wants to pour his wine in you, his joy in you, his pleasure in you. But the moment we take pleasure in the things of this world more than him, that becomes a idol. Guard that. Let him be your wine. And be filled with the Spirit. Amen? That's more important than anything else. Number six, the Holy Spirit comes as a fire. We know this, right? He washed away Isaiah 4. And I won't read the whole thing. But by the Spirit of judgment and Spirit of burning, the Lord will create an entire area. You see this? Uh, he used a pillar of cloud by uh, a day and a pillar of fire by night. Come on, a cloud of fire. How many know that we need his guidance and his purification in our lives? Yes? We need his guidance. And the fire of God will guide us to do the things we need to do. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, they were like tongues of what? Fire. Distributing among them. That symbol of fire is that symbol of purity and guidance in our lives. The Holy Spirit is our what? Purifier and guide in our lives. Is this making sense? The Spirit is all these things. And last but not least, number seven, the Holy Spirit comes as a dove. 
I talked about that earlier a little bit, right? And I read that passage in Mark. The dove is a gentle symbol of peace, but the Spirit wants to rest upon you. It doesn't just want to sweep over you once in a while. Oh, I got touched by the Spirit that one time. Remember that one time, 1986? Listen, if you got to recall 1986 for the last time you sensed the Spirit, you're way overdue. That library book is way overdue. Right? Oh, I remember that time in 1746. I mumble because there's a lot of numbers in there. Because everyone's got a story that happened once upon a time. What about that time in 2000 or 2021 when God moved in that service on Sunday morning? Let's create new pages for where the Spirit of God moved. Remember that morning? April 11th, 2021, we gathered that morning and it looked like a normal morning. I got up and it was rainy and I got the kids into the car barely. We got to service and then service was good and then pastor was preaching and then he said something. The spirit of God broke out. Something happened in my heart. Why can't we create those pages in our life? You say, well, we can You know what creates those pages? Expectancy. When we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And you know what made the Holy Spirit come that day in Mark chapter 1? Jesus' walk of obedience. Well, Pastor Tony, how was that a walk of obedience? He didn't need to be baptized by John. Oh, then you didn't read all the Gospels. Because at one point, John asked him, I shouldn't be baptizing you You should be baptizing me. And what was Jesus' response? I must fulfill this act of obedience. Right? So that all, all these things would be done and I would fulfill the will of the Father. So watch this. When you start to say, God, I want to walk in obedience, what you're doing is saying, Holy Spirit, come as a fire. And come as a dove. And come as wind. And come as fresh water. And come as a river. All these things. I got so much I want to say. But let me share this with you. Along with the voice of God that came from the sky. The voice of the Father. A dove affirmed Jesus' call in his life. And he encouraged Jesus. But guess what? He wasn't the only one to see that. The people around there saw something different. How many of you desire to see something different in our church services and our personal walk with God? How many of you want to pray more powerfully? Let me, let me, real show of hands. How many of you want to pray more powerfully? How many of you want to experience God in worship? How many of you want to see the Spirit of God move? If you're online, put a hand up or something, do something like it, share it. Listen, I want us to all understand that we all want the same thing, amen? We all want the same thing. You know what we ultimately want? We want the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, God's redemptive and powerful presence. So decide today to take one of these symbols, and I have this uh, uh, these last two slides here, and here it is. And so what we're going to ask God to do is we're going to ask him to come and pour rain upon you. Come on, somebody. We're going to ask him to open up rivers. 
Matt, go ahead and play that audio. And we're also going to ask to breathe wind all over your life. How many desire for the breath of God to, to breathe over you? We also want the anointing. We want him to anoint us with oil. We want him to fill us with his holy wine because we are his wineskin. Not the old one, not the old me, the new me. How many are glad for the new you? The new you? What is the new you? The new you says, the old man has passed away. I'm new now. I'm fresh. I'm new. Number six, he wants, we want to pray, refine us with fire. And we want to pray the number seven, send the Holy Spirit to come as a dove. Show symbols in my life that you are with me. There's some of us that need that encouragement. Yeah? How many of you want to sense the Spirit of God in your life too? You don't just want to be like, well, they say that God is all over me. And that person says that God is all over me, but I don't sense it. You know, God is not afraid to show you symbols and show you himself. He's not afraid of that. So all seven of these that I just shared with you, the pouring, the openness, the breath, the anointing, the filling, the refining, and the sending, all those things are available to all of us today. Why? Because your education will only take you so far. Your money will only take you so far. Your charisma will only open so many doors. Your social and political connections will only take you so far. Why? Because if you become a believer who daily cries out to God, God will take you where you need to be. Why? Because a proper relationship with the Holy Spirit is the secret sauce. That's the secret sauce. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I've left the comforter with you. Why do we treat the Spirit of God like a secondhand thrift store situation where this is something that I may get as a bonus. He's God. And he wants to work in you every day. And whether you realize it or not, he's operating in your life right now. This very moment. He's speaking to you. Why? Because that's the spirit of God's job. It's God's empowering presence. I'm going to ask you right where you are. If you're online, bow your heads. If you're in the room, bow your heads all over this place. All over this place. Hallelujah. Father, we need you. And in this moment, we declare we want your presence. If you're in this room right now and you're praying this prayer with me, just begin to lift up your hands all across this place and say, God, I need you. Come on, if you really pray that prayer, I even dare you, I even, I, I double dare you to stand with me right now all across this room and lift up your hands. If you're able to, just lift up your hands. If you're online right now, close your eyes, lift up your hands. If you're hearing me right now, lift up your hands and say, God, I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want more of you, more of you, more of you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, I want more of you. I want more of you. 
Don't be afraid of these quiet moments. You know, one thing, just keep your eyes closed for a moment. But one thing people misunderstand about Pentecost and Pentecostals and believers and and, and assembly of God and all these things. You know what people misunderstand? Is that when it's quiet, automatically there has to be a word. Automatically there has to be. Can I tell you something right now? There doesn't have to be a word from anyone in this room right now. Spirit of God can move in a room just like this right now. And there doesn't have to be a word of knowledge or prophecy. We welcome those and we, we, we celebrate those gifts. But, but the, sometimes the most powerful moments is the moments that we lift up our hands and we say, God, we need you. Corporately, we need you. Personally, I need you. So right now, right where you are, whether in your living room, in your kitchen, or right here in this room, Father, we bless your name. And we call upon you, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, pour out rain upon your people. Holy Spirit, open up rivers and flow in our lives. Holy Spirit, breathe all over us today. Holy Spirit, open us up and pour your oil on us. Holy Spirit, fill us with your holy wine. And the joy that comes from knowing you. The world can never duplicate. and The world can't take it away. Lord, fill us and refine us with your fire. And send your Holy Spirit down as a symbol. As you did with that dove that day. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come on, I dare you right now. Take 60 seconds and invite the Holy Spirit right right where you are. Right where you are. Just train yourself to stop for a moment and say yes to the Holy Spirit. We love you. Holy Spirit, teach me to honor God in my life daily. I want to lift up Jesus in my life. The only way I can do that is not education or money or the right job. The way I lift up Jesus is to welcome the act of the Holy Spirit in my life. That is the secret. Thank you, God, that you are here with us. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. I dare you to pray a prayer right now where you're at. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. As your pastor, I want to train you to be able to ask God without somebody coercing you or or singing a song on your behalf that you can just sit quietly for a moment and talk to God. Be willing. Be willing to just hear Him. 